Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the How Did It Happen podcast. I'm so happy to have you here, as I am every week, every episode. And as you know, if you've been listening to this podcast, my goal with it is to inspire, activate, and maximize the greatness in every one of you, in everyone that's listening. And my goal, why that's a goal, why that's a mission of mine is because that's what I'm trying to do for myself every day. Uh, and if not, if not every day, definitely every week, you know, I'm focused on being the best that I can be in all aspects of my life, the best that I can be. And it's hard. And doing that, focusing on that is hard. Um, it's a lot easier to focus on being the average that I can be or better than someone else, at least in, in my mind. So this is really hard. And uh, every guest that I bring on and every success story that I explore, <clears throat> I'm trying to get um, to the point where I can, you know, have you walk away with uh, a little bit more confidence about activating and maximizing the greatness inside of you. Um, and today, I'm going to talk about um, something that um, I think gets in the way uh, oftentimes of you know, achieving, maximizing, achieving, activating that greatness. And it gets in the way of us imagining the futures that we want and making those futures happen. And uh, I'm going to call this the, the, you know, how to overcome the five fallacies that trap leaders and kill futures. And I, you know, and hopefully you're like me, but I... Well, I actually don't hope you're like me, but um, but you probably this probably resonates with you. I have um, I have a past, and I have experiences, and I have things that I believe. I have things that I tell myself. I've been conditioned in certain ways, and all of those things and a lot of other things have sort of um, you know conspired along the way to help me or prompt me, uh, or make me um, create stories about who I am and what life means, what business means, what future means, what, you know, all kinds of things mean. And I'm going to limit this to, to a business, uh, to business context today, but um, I call those stories you know, a lot of those stories are, are just that. They're stories that I made up, and I not only made them up, but I made up what I believe about them. And along my entrepreneurial journey, I discovered, like in an earlier episode, I talked about walls and tearing down walls, and fallacies are similar. I discovered that I had been living with certain stories certain belief systems that I had assigned truth to uh, along the way at some point, and they just weren't true. That was just what I had assigned to them. So I'm calling those fallacies, and there are a lot of fallacies that I have today. I'm, today, I'm only going to talk to you about five, uh, and those five are, one, I'm a decision machine. Two, I need to be selfless. Three, I'm on my own. Four, I'm responsible. And five, I know the truth. 
And believing in those five, five fallacies put me in a place that uh, I've come to call the, the valley of uncertainty. And it's a place where, where entrepreneurs and, and leaders of all kinds go um, or fall into or get trapped into um, when fallacies and circumstances create, take over and they zap energy and they zap confidence and they zap thinking about the future and they zap progress. And you go there and you sort of wallow there for a while and it starts to feel comfortable. And then um, all of a sudden you're in a place you don't like, uh, but you don't know how to get out of. And fallacies help <clears throat> keep you stuck there. And so um, let's talk about a few fallacies, but before we start, um, let's talk about let's let's talk about what the definition of a fallacy is. So a fallacy is a mistaken belief, especially one based on an unsound argument. So it's a mistaken belief, especially one based on an unsound argument. And as I mentioned, the you know the way that fallacies get created is from stories, stories that we tell ourselves, and you know stories aren't good or bad. They're just stories. Um, it's what we assign to them uh, that makes them real. And so these were, these, these were five fallacies that, um, that, that I assigned realness and, and truth to. And I want to talk you through how I, how I uh, broke down those fallacies and changed the story that I believe. And I think that fallacies are so important to break down because whenever you have these fallacies that you're living your life with, not only are you not getting the future that you want, but you're also failing to shift. Um, and shifts, uh, I talked about in an earlier episode as well, shifts always be pivots and shifts are super uh, um, required. They're a natural part of evolving in life. Movement in a different direction or a slight course of action change is, is what shifts do. And they're, they're, um, they're important to get to get through fallacies because if you fail to shift, you fail to move forward, you tend to get stuck, and then you're, you know, in a valley of uncertainty of your own, for example. So these these are the five fallacies. One that I'm going to talk about at least today. One, I'm a decision machine. See if this resonates with you. So for I prided myself and I assigned value to um, the belief that I was really good at making decisions. Um, I loved having the skill set and the, um, awareness and the tribal knowledge and whatever else, uh, combined together that allowed me to make quick decisions in my business. And I've, uh, I not only valued myself on being able to make decisions, I valued myself on the quickness with which I could make a decision and how satisfied most people seemed with most of the decisions that I was making, at least in front of me. May have been a totally different story when they walked away. And eventually, I actually sent the, set up my company so that uh, I, I had to make a lot of decisions because, you know, it was sort of set up like this where, you know, I've had all, you know, all these people doing all these things, but ultimately... I set it up. So like, Hey, run it past me, you know? Oh yeah, let's do that. And then, you know, so no one was really, um, as free, uh, to, to act autonomously and to make 
their own decisions. They sort of came to me because that's how I designed it. That's how I thought I wanted it. And everyone just did what they thought I wanted because that's usually what happens in a, in a, in an entrepreneurial run organization and maybe all organizations. But what occurred to me when I was in the Valley of uncertainty, and I was there for for several years trying to figure out how I was going to move forward. Um, I was making a lot of decisions, but I wasn't making very few choices. Like, you know, and I, I, it occurred to me that decisions were like these, these, these sort of quick things that I, that I, that I made for the reasons I've already talked about. And I assigned value to those. And, and, and I, uh, I made it so that those were coming at me kind of all the time. And I, I made me feel like I was doing my job, but, um, what it prevented me from doing was what was really my job as the entrepreneur, as the leader. And that is, you know, thinking deliberately and intentionally about the things I wanted, the things we needed, the things in the future that had to happen. And then, um, decide, you know, making a choice as to what those were and then bringing them back. So I look at, I look at decisions as sort of these quick kind of, you know, maybe even insignificant things. I mean, that's, I want to say it's not important, but, uh, but then I started looking at choices as being, those are the things that I really need to be doing as a leader, you know, making intentional, thoughtful, uh, well-considered choices about what I wanted, where I wanted to be both me personally and the company. So that's one, that's fallacy. Number one, I'm a decision machine or decisions versus choices. Fallacy. Number two, I need to be selfless. I was built and learned how, you know, I had no idea what I was doing when I started uh, uh, my first company and probably, probably the second as well. Um, But uh, uh, what I knew was that you know, if you, you know, the, the saying is, if you put other people first, you know, you, they'll always, you know, have your back and they'll always, um, uh, you know, take care of you. And if you do, if you, if you don't ask someone to do something that you wouldn't do, then that builds, you know, trust and it builds, it builds a team. And, and, and if you put everybody else's needs first, you are going to win uh, bigger in the end. I, I, I believe that I practice that. Um, and it didn't get me what I wanted. In fact, it got me, it made me frustrated and it made me, um, I, I was unhappy. Um, I couldn't figure out why modeling this behavior of being selfless wasn't something that, you know, people saw and then acted on themselves. And so they actually took away the need for me to be selfless because they, they sort of um, took the incentive to be, you know, to take care of things that I had been helping them take care of, for example. And it was such, such stupid thinking because on my part, because again, like the, uh, like the decisions things, I was just, I was modeling behavior that everybody saw as what, you know, interpreted it as what I wanted. And why would someone tell you to, you know, get in the way of something that you actually want. So you've got this huge disconnect. And, 
it occurred to me again while I was in the Valley that I had it all wrong, that um, this whole selfless servant leader thing, this level five leader that Jim Collins talked about in his Good to Great book was, um, I, yeah, I had it backward. So I, I, I just had to realize that if I didn't spend time thinking about what I wanted, what I wanted my future to be, what I wanted my company to be, what I wanted um, our team to be like, if I didn't take that selfless, selfish time to really apply myself uh, to that kind of thinking, I was never going to, to be the leader that I could be. And I was never going to create the company that I wanted. And I was never going to be able to build the team that I needed and, uh, and, and, and I might say deserved. Um, so the switch for me came when I decided that I needed to get selfish before I could ever be selfless. See, once I was selfish and once I really had a handle on what I wanted, then I could build everything the way that I needed it in order to accomplish that. And then I could be very selfless again, because I would only be, I would only be needing to help, uh, in the areas where I was, you know, uh, happened to have, you know, the, the important or the necessary, uh, perspective or skill set instead of, and letting, and everybody else could do the things that they were good at. And then, so I wasn't in a position where I had to put everybody else first because they were putting, they were putting, um, what needed to be put first, first, and they were acting on it. And I was only, I was only, um, you know, it just made me a much better leader. It made me a much better entrepreneur and it opened my eyes and my brain up to this amazing thing that was possible because I had been selfish and because I would continue to be selfish when I needed to be, uh, in order to be selfless and unlock the potential in our company. So that's fallacy number two. <clears throat> fallacy number three, I'm on my own. Uh, in an earlier episode, uh, uh, solo episode, I talked about walls, as I mentioned, I built these walls around me, uh, for many, many, many years. And then I lived inside of those walls. And I thought that that's what brought value to me. That's what brought value to my team. That's what, what brought value to our company. And, and in the dream stage, which is sort of stage one of the entrepreneurial journey, and maybe even in the grind stage, which is stage two, it, that's, that may very well have been necessary. And I don't regret having done it. Um, but, at, but at a certain time, uh, I've learned everything I can from the people around me. I've learned everything I can from our clients and customers, for example. I've learned everything I can inside of these walls that I constructed. And you know, I'm just becoming, inside of those walls, I'm becoming a bigger, you know, sort of fatter fish in a smaller uh, smaller pond. And I needed to tear down those walls and get outside of them because that's outside of those walls were where all the answers were. Um, uh, and all the people were, and all the resources were to help me get thinking about mm -hmm. where I wanted and needed to, to be, to, to accomplish my goals, to create my future. I know that everyone doesn't suffer with that. I'm on my own problem. 
Uh, it's not a fallacy for everyone, but it was for me. And in my experience with a lot of entrepreneurs, it may be even the most extroverted, the most networked. Uh, they um, are often living inside walls that are keeping them from their maximum potential. And uh, I like to, because I was able to point it out, uh, I might, uh, you know, finally point out that fallacy in my life. I like to talk about it and inspire people to, to see it in theirs if it's there and, you know, have the confidence and the tools to get out, break, break down, tear down those walls and, and maximize their future greatness. Number four is the fallacy was I'm responsible. Uh, so I took personal responsibility in my business for everything that was happening. Um, especially the bad stuff. So we, um, and I guess when, when my partner Butch died uh, as a result of being burned in a fire at one of our plants in 2003, that was about 11 years into our business. And that was sort of just, I mean, I felt responsible for that, personally responsible, as I had for many other things that, that had occurred. And that was the incident that, that I think really dropped me into the valley of uncertainty in the first place. And then, you know, I keep telling myself I'm responsible, I'm responsible, I'm responsible. And it's just building and building and building and building. And you can only, I could at least only uh, take so much of that um, building on me, you know, because not only was it a weight, but it was also a confidence crusher. So, you know, every time I take personal responsibility for something. I'm saying this is a part of me. This is something that, that is who I am. And that's a, it's a huge load and it chips away and breaks away at, at your confidence. And when I was in the Valley, I am thinking about these things. I thought, well, I, I think what I need to, to, to I think the way I need to process these things is that I have responsibility for them but I am not personally responsible. In other words, uh, you know, I still have to deal with everything that happens, just like every owner, every entrepreneur, every leader has to deal appropriately with everything that happens. But having, uh, you know, ha uh, approaching it as something that is a part of you, a reflection of you, um, part of your DNA, you know, you're responsible for is unhealthy. Uh, and I think it diminishes, uh, well, it's, it's unhealthy. It may diminish, but it's, and, it, and I think it, it, it knocks you off course. It certainly knocked me off course. When I shifted that to, I have responsibility for it. Did, like I said, it didn't change the circumstances at all. It didn't change the situation, but it made it about, you know, making progress through whatever it was as opposed to getting stuck or dropping into a valley that I, that, that overwhelmed me, that I couldn't possibly, um, you know, get past that was not, it was, that was, you know, not a reflection of me, but it became a reflection of me. Um, so that shift from, you know, I'm responsible to, I have responsibility for was a fallacy that completely opened my brain, my mind and my my um, mindset to uh, progress to something that I could actually move forward and drag me and help walk me out of that uh, 
that valley. And the fifth one is that I know the truth. And this sort of wraps up the theme of this whole thing. Fallacies are stories. They are not good or bad. They may not be, you know, true or false. Um, They just are. And for me, I, you know, going along with the responsible for, you know, every story that I was telling myself I was responsible for was a, was something that I was seeing as a truth and about me. And some of them I didn't like, I didn't want those to be truths about me, but I felt like, well, they're truths. I didn't know where else to put them. In other words, um, until I start thinking about, well, um, I can't change facts. So facts are facts, but a fact about me, for example, is not a truth, meaning it's not forever. It's just a fact. It's just something along the journey that happened that, you know, whether I, that I did, or it just happened on my watch or whatever. Um, and I need to acknowledge that, but I also need to make room for, you know, the rest of the story. Um, the future story, because when I was trapped uh, thinking that those facts were the truth, they were limiting me, uh, you know, in my thinking about where could I actually end up? Where, what did I want? And how was I going to, to get it? Um, and the valley, you know, another benefit of being in the valley, it helped me think and it helped me understand that I could erase the stories that I was telling myself, like in the old days when you had a chalkboard and you erased it at the end of every day. Now, just because I erased it didn't mean that whatever was on there was gone. It wasn't gone. It was trapped in the eraser, you know, and it was in the dust of the chalk. But what it did with erasing it is it freed up space. So just like when you go into school the next day, once the space was freed up, the knowledge, you know, the, the, the facts were still there and the chalk dust, but I now had, instead of telling myself that's on the blackboard, that's on the blackboard, that's on the blackboard. I was now able to say, oh, my blackboard is, is uh, blank. So now what do I want to put on the blackboard? What do I want that to say? What do I want the facts to be? And how am I going to, um, you know, create that story, the story that I want to tell. So fallacy number nine, number nine is that, you know, I know the truth. That is, uh, that is a fallacy. I can't change the past, but I can make room for the future that, that I want. So in closing, I just want to remind everybody that a fallacy is a mistaken belief, especially one based on an unsound argument. And I'm hopeful that going through those five fallacies, and there's a lot more to those, of course, but, you know, going through those five fallacies that, you know, uh, trapped me as a leader and, and killed my future for a period of time um, might also be happening inside of you. And you might want to think about that. And if you decide that that is what's happening inside of you, uh, I hope this inspires, activates, and 
and maximizes your willingness and your ability to, you know, erase that and start telling yourself the story you want to tell, the one you want to believe, the one you want others to believe, the one that will make your future your property. Thanks for listening. Uh, you know, if you are so inclined, hit the follow button or the subscribe button, depending on whatever platform you're listening to this podcast on, and um, you'll get every episode that way. And I would love to have uh, you um, on my team getting uh, inspired, activated, and maximized when it comes to your greatness uh, every time we put out uh, a new episode. You can also visit me at mikemalatesta.com. Until next time, thanks. is brought to you by Winject Studios. We are an all-in-one educational platform for podcasters that revolutionizes how hosts leverage content to increase engagement with listeners, downloads, and income. We come together to focus on community, collaboration, and collective impact. For more information on how you can interact directly with our hosts, access exclusive live content with offers you can't get anywhere else from our official partners, join our purpose-driven community by visiting www.winject.com. If you're ready to build a career doing what you love, then we're ready to see you there.